And welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have prophetic encounters, we have supernatural encounters, we have life-changing encounters with the Word of God. Today is Wednesday, the 11th of August in the year 2021, and we will never, ever have this day again. I'm Pastor Lanzing Lee, and I'm here at the, close, the closing part of the day to say, Let's just find out if we've made the most of the time that we have been given. And Father, we enter into the gates that you open up to us with thanksgiving, into the courts that you allow us in with praise, seeking to hear from you tonight, always seeking that. And even when we say, I enter into your gates and I enter into your courts, it's, it's from a seated position. It's from the place in you, Christ. We're saying we enter into intimate places with you. We enter, we have entered in, and we are receiving and acknowledging and recognizing that tonight is an opportunity to gain more from the relationship that we have with you. I don't like rhetoric, and I don't believe in just praying the same things over and over again that have no meaning to me. What I'm desiring, and I believe you are too, is to have a true conversation with you. I need to hear from you. There's so many things that go on in this world, and we who endeavor to hold fast to you, we question, or we tilt our heads, or we look up at you again, and we say, God, what do you want to do? What, do you, what should I be hearing in this moment? I pray for the people that belong to you, that we really are saying that to you, that we're asking you, what, what are you saying right now? that we see through the eyes that you have given us and look at what you're pointing to so that we don't miss a step. Father, I praise you. I thank you for the gifts that you have given to the body. I thank you for the apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. I thank you for the intercessors. I thank you for the seers. I thank you for the, the different positions that people hold, all that comprise the body of Christ. And I truly thank you for the apostle of this house. I thank you for her strength. I thank you for her tenacity. I thank you for her endurance. I thank you for the fight that is within her. Father, I thank you for her non-compromising manner. I thank you for her humor. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is her strength. I thank you for the love that flows out of her for every single one of us. And Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for the astounding love of Global Church Fellowship family. And I thank you for all of the other congregations that we are connected to, all of the other apostles and the prophets and all that are a part of the different movements and, and just relationships that have happened over the years. And I pray for each and every person that is paying a price for this message, this treasure that we carry in these earthen vessels, the presence of God, the goodness of God. So I incline my ear tonight to hear from you wisdom, yes, knowledge, understanding, the fun things of you, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, that you desire to speak, you've surveyed, you know who's here, you know who's listening, you know who's watching, you know what they need to hear, and I thank you. you. You know what I need to hear. And I thank you that you answer us. 
in that magnificent way that you do. And again, I yield to you. And again, I yield to you. And again, I submit to you. And again, I surrender to you. And again, I seek after you. And again, I bow to you. And I'm choosing to do that every single day for the rest of my life. I submit to your will and your way. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, I was in my office a little while ago, and I really was taking a nap and talking to him in my sleep and asking him, you know, what do you want to talk about tonight? And what kind of things do you want to, you know, share and so forth? And so we're going to kind of skip around a little bit and we're going to touch on a few different things. If you have questions even from last night, last night I had the honor of guest hosting for the Tell It Like It Is program for our Apostle Dr. Baker. And uh, with her guest, Apostle Maritoni, we talked about business, kingdom business, and how it is. And for me, it was really eye-opening because of the way that the Spirit of the Lord opened it up to us and because of the way, the direction that he took us in. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, how easy that was to get that download. It was so effortless. And the reason that it was effortless is because it's what he wanted to talk about. And so I'm finding that I will have the conversation that God wants to talk about. If I have that conversation with him, then he will speak that thing through me. Does that make sense to you? So if you have questions about that, text them to me. Okay? Let me know what kind of things that we do because we're going to kind of pull from those same, some of those same scriptures. We're going to talk about vision. And we're going to, I think, break it down a little bit more. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about, I want to uh, mention something else, and that's going to uh, land in on talking about faith. Just a bit. So here's some scriptures I want you to write down. You've had them before. We've, we've mentioned them before. So let's just kind of jot them, write them, do some things. We'll give you a couple of quotes from somebody's book, and then we'll keep going. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. And this is out of the Amplified Bible. Then it says, Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Think about that. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. By the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement. May he strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. That's a very powerful statement. That the God of peace, the author of peace, the giver of peace, who used resurrection power, supernatural power from heaven in the earth, in the spirit realm, to raise from among the dead our Lord Jesus. Who is our Lord Jesus? He is the great shepherd of the sheep. And he was raised up by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement. He was, may he strengthen you. May he complete you. May he perfect you. Now those words complete and perfect out of the Hebrew. Hebrew know. Psalm 138 verse 8, the Lord perfects the things that concern you. 
Well, that actual word there um, perfects is defined as completes, brings it to a close, brings it to a place of maturity, uh, finishes the things that have begun, the good works that he has begun in you, he brings to completion. That is what Psalm 138 verse 8 is saying, that the Lord does that. This is that these unfinished areas of our lives, that the, the redemption of time and the use of the time that we have in the earth is to get some things finished. The Bible refers to finished works, not incomplete works. And so here you see how you can connect scripture from there to the scripture here. And you can look at these things and say, wow, they're connected. They're married to each other. Because it, it, and it lets you know the consistency of God. very consistent over the thousands of years that mankind has been in existence in the earth and that since God first communicated word to man, God has never changed who he is. He has said the same thing. And so that, that gives us hope in 21st century because we see the history of God rescuing and redeeming his people and overturning works of darkness and throwing down things that look like they're going to rise up and triumph over us. You see the consistency of God and the heroic nature of God. He is a rescuer and he's a protector and he is one that grows us up. He does not leave us helpless nor does he, or defenseless and he doesn't leave us in a state of infancy nor does he expect us to stay in a place of incompetence. I think that's a tremendous and wonderful demand that he makes upon our lives because he then makes sure we understand that he puts himself in the mix of it. He doesn't leave us on our own to try and figure this stuff out. That's a good place to say thank you, Jesus. Okay. It's great. Unless you're just feeling so strengthened and completed and perfected that you ever that you know everything that you can do. Uh, I don't think so, because the man, the, the, the word of God says he's going to strengthen you, complete you, perfect you, and make you what you ought to be. My God. He's gonna make me what I ought to be. Not necessarily what you want to be. But thank God, not what you used to be either. How awesome is that? Okay, so let him do that. And how does he do it? He equips you with everything good that you may carry out his will. Now we're talking destiny. We're going to talk vision a little bit. And so this is part of the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Some of that is, is all of this, everything that we're talking about, even in this scripture, he's talking about himself. And there it goes right there. If you read the Amplified, it says, well, he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. Wow, this is really great. You've got a vision. You've got a plan. You know how to do it. You want to do it in me. Well, thank you. That makes it so much easier. It's not God's got a vision. Go figure it out. God's got a plan. I hope you get it. God's got a work to do. I don't know how you're going to make it, but good luck to you. None of that is applicable. I started this thing. Good work I began. I will bring to completion. 
So here he says it, while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. So how do you get to the God standard? He works it in you to get it to what is pleasing in his sight, which means the bar is raised high in our lives from the, the simple earthbound ideas that we have. We're happy if somebody calls and says, uh, um, I've got $5 million, a check for $5 million, it's cash, you're going, it's got your name on it. And you'd be like, hip, hip, hooray, yeah, 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 where do I come? I mean, they barely get off the phone and you standing at the door, dripping wet towel wrapped around you, okay, what, what you were doing, I have a check for $5 million, I'm going to get there before they change their mind, I'm going to get there before they hang up the phone. For the first time in your life, you'll manage to translate. And God says, yeah, that's a nice little bit of change. But I've got plans for something more. And yes, the money is a part of it. But really what I have in mind, um, the money will help, but it's my favor that endorses. You see, we think money, and we're like, yay, I got money. And God says, yeah, but favor. Favor opens the door for everything. So when you start looking at the the commodities, or if you will, the, the treasures of the earth, which the Bible says the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness is there, and everything that's in the earth belongs to him. So when you start thinking about the treasures, don't limit yourself to those. Because what you really want is the favor of God, the goodness of God, the principles of God to be at work in your life, the presence of God to open doors for you, because when favor starts to work for you, Doors that money couldn't open, favor can. See, some people have enough money. You can't, you can't bribe them. They have more money than you, you're offering. And so they look at you like, why would I want those little pennies? Money doesn't buy. Money, money, when you have it and you have the influence, this is great. But I'm telling you that the, that the commodity of heaven is the favor of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the love of God. It's the power. The, the supernatural powers. Money is, um, it's a tool. It's, 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 it, can, it, it can definitely be used to bless. It can be used to curse. It can be used to raise up. It can be used to put down. It's a, it's a tool. It's, it, it can be a weapon or it can be a, um, an endorsement. It can, be, it can be whatever it is. That's why this is the one seed you can name. But favor Money you can get in the earth. Favor you can only get from God. And so you have to decide where you are sourcing, uh, what you're sourcing from in order to determine how you're going to use your time. Are you connecting with what I'm saying? Because you're going to either use your time going after money or are you going to use your time Pursuing God, pursuing relationship, pursuing intimacy, and before you know it, His favor is speaking on your behalf. Favor is an ambassador from heaven that speaks in you and opens up gateways for us, it takes you, leads you into places that you don't even know how you got there. And I honestly, for true, the people that got you there, uh, they don't, they don't know how you got there either. Okay. All right. So I praise you for this, Father, and I thank you. It says that you 
Strengthen, complete, perfect, and make us what we ought to be. You equip us with everything good that you may carry, that we may carry out your will. While you yourself work in us, and you accomplish that which is pleasing in your sight, through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever, to the ages of the ages. Amen. And so be it. So again, that is Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. And I read it out of the Amplified Classic Version. So we got a lot more, I'm going to say, out of that than maybe what we uh, expected or thought that we would. Okay? The God of peace, who is the author, I'll read it for the last time, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, and testament. May he strengthen and complete and perfect and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever to the ages of the ages. Amen. And so be it. And that again, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 in the Amplified. And I think that that's probably a passage of scripture that you need to spend time with the Holy Spirit asking him questions. What questions? Well, since you're the God of peace and you're the author and the giver of peace, have I, do I have it within myself, do I carry it? Because I'm in this earth and I'm in this time, do I carry this peace? Do I, I carry the God of peace? Yes. Because I'm born from above and the Spirit of God lives in me. But am I a carrier of you as the author of peace? Do you author peace through me? You know, write it upon my heart and then it's, it's written in the lives of the people I come in contact with. Um, are you the giver of peace through me? When I go someplace, do you get the opportunity to manifest yourself, to express your peace through me? So that places where people are in turmoil or mental anguish or whatever it happens to be. Am I such a one that people would derive that from me, through from you, through me? Because that's part of what my time is in this earth. How do I know? The next part. You brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, who is the great shepherd of the sheep. You brought the great shepherd from the dead. You brought him back. It brought him into the land of the living in the supernatural realm so that those of us that are your sheep will hear your voice and follow it and not follow the voice of a stranger. So as I am a carrier, am I a carrier of the God of peace? Am I a carrier of the author and the giver of peace? Am I a carrier? Am I listening to the voice of that great shepherd who said that my sheep hear my voice and they don't follow the voice of a stranger? Um, am I walking in that but, uh, by the power of your blood, the empowering of your blood, do I have an intimate uh, acquaintance, relationship with your blood? Do I, does your blood redeem the time in my life? Does it work through me? Does that supernatural redemptive power, does it raise up things from the dead? Is resurrection power working in me? Or is it just something I say that I can access? And if resurrection power is working in me, where? How can we do more with it? What do you want to do with this power that courses through my veins, Father? It brings you immediately into a place of relationship with him that most of us do not walk. We may try to say we do. 
But if the evidence of it is obscene, then we need to keep walking and let it be so. Because, you know, it's like we said before, people can ask you how you're doing or they can tell you what they see. And the Bible says that we are a poem and we are a living testament of what he does. So it should be written on us, not us boring everybody by telling everybody about all the goodness of God that nobody sees. I'm not saying you don't see it, but the fruit is premature. Let them pick it from your tree. Not you point to it. Does that make sense? See, in the time that we have, the time is short. You may have 120 years, well, none of us has that, in the sense that we don't have the whole 120, because you know we're on, on the uprise with those, with those numbers chronologically. So, but whatever the years, 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, 50, uh, uh, 70 years, whatever it happens to be, 85 years, whatever number of years you have, in this earth, the time you were supposed to live, taking from the timeless realm and bringing the invisible into the sea so that we're changing things constantly. But it does start with how you and I choose to live. And it's the little things, the little things of life where the biggest changes can start to take place. Because as those things take place, we become fearless, and we become unstoppable. I listen to people talk. I listen to the stories they tell. And I listen to, sometimes I hear the leaking. That's the, the parts where you may have claimed to have faith, but you're down and your unbelief comes through. Or your bitterness comes through, or your pain comes through. And I understand that. Believe me, I, I really do understand it. Um, there are a number of days that I, I don't live with a lot of physical pain, and I'm very blessed for that. I had a, an incident where some stuff tried to come on me, and the Holy Spirit said to me, there's some symptoms that are getting ready to try to land on you. Go take communion. By the time I got communion ready, I could feel the stuff on my body. I took that communion. I didn't take it quick. I took my time. I talked to the Lord. And as I took that communion, there was a different degree of faith because this was a direction. Go take communion. This was, I think it was yeah, Monday. Monday or, uh, yeah, it must have been either Monday or yesterday. And I did what he said. And just like that, the stuff was gone. Just like that. And I marveled at it because it was like, when did I get to an intimate place with you? where you would warn me, and he said, the way he said it was a weapon is about to form against you. Go take communion. Mm, that's and so I did it. And he's the one that gave me the heads up. He's the one that said to do all these things, but I'm sitting here marveling, thinking, when did I learn to hear like that? And I was, I had five other things to do. All of which had to be done at the same time. You know what I mean? Okay, I got to do this, I got to do that. And they all just need to be done now, right? <laughs> and now he's having communion on top. Everything else fell to the ground. It was such a quick obedience, such a quick turnaround. Because he didn't say it loud. He did not yell at me. He did not scream at me, girl. You know, he didn't do any of that. He said, a weapon is being formed against you. Go take communion. Yes, sir. Everything else fell to the wayside. 
and I waited God for the elements and went and did what I was supposed to do. And like I said, it was like that. It was just like, wow, okay. Because he wants to keep me in health. And so here it is again, well, how, how did this happen? How did I hear you? You practice obeying what you hear. Little stuff, like you're with somebody and you think to ask them, did you check such and such, but you don't. You think about it, but you don't do it. And then about an hour or so later, something is going on and they're like, oh my gosh, this happened. And you're thinking, I did think to ask you, but I didn't do it. Just a gentle nudge, why? Because he could leave by yelling, but what he wants us to learn it's um, you brothers that are here tonight. When you are someplace and your, your, your lady is with you, isn't it better to just gently touch her elbow and nudge her in the direction that you're going? Or you may be holding her hand, but it's just a gentle nudge, and she trusts you to the degree that she will not just stop her. Where are you taking me? Why do we have to go over this way? What is it that is? I, I wanted to go through this. I wanted to do that. Well, those are fractious times in a relationship, you know, where it's like, you don't trust me or, or whatever their issues are, okay. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, yeah, just to gently tap you, nudge you. Some people will call it hurting. <laughs> but, but it's just gently leading you, and you're so attentive to his touch, to his voice, to his his presence, that you just move where he wants you to go. And you do it without question. Because you trust that he sees what you don't. And that he knows why he's doing what he's doing. And he always has our interests at heart. You see? Because it's always in line with what? I want to make you what you ought to be. I want to equip you with everything good that you may carry out my will. That's what he's saying, verse 21, Hebrews 13. And I will work in you, and I will accomplish that, which is pleasing in my sight. I'm going to do it through Jesus the Messiah, because that's where the glory is forever and ever in the ages of the ages. So even in your era, in this Kairos time of your life, the moments of your life, this is how he wants to do it. Scripture, he generally leads those with young, but he also leads us, you see. I will lead you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I'm teaching you how to prosper. I'm doing all of these different things. And sometimes we balk, we stop, and we think, well, but it's not, I don't understand it. And, and so that tells you your lack of trust in God, that you actually are arrogant enough to believe that God needs to explain it before you will obey. Isn't that amazing? Yes, I got all that out of these two scriptures. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one. But that's just that's a conversation that he wanted to have with us, and I got these out of a book that we were reading a few months back by Annette Katz. Uh, this these quotes right here, and the book is called, is called Quantum Faith. And we I don't have my copy with me today, but it's a little small book and. Um, so, anyways, one of the sympathy that came out of this book that I thought was great. One, your words are energy, and they affect the matter in your life. When you speak the words, this is the worst car I ever had, you stupid piece of junk, 
Those words are vibrations of energy that affect the atoms that make up that car. And if you speak those words long enough, your car will obey you. How much more your body? How much more your eyesight, your finances, your children, your relationships? I tell you, I just can't. And then out of your mouth, you spew a lot of evil, a lot of trash. And you're creating an atmosphere because you have faith in those words. No, I don't. I was just... I wasn't really expressing faith, I was expressing frustration. And it carried power in it. Because in that moment of expectation, or frustration, you created an expectation. Haven't you ever had somebody say, well I told you I never win anything, I never win anything, I never win anything. I don't know why I'm entering, I never win anything, I never win anything. And then they say, oh they gave the prizes and I won. Wow, you won, but I never win anything. Amen. You don't. <laughs> Right. That's your confession, and you have created an atmosphere where you never win anything. Even if your name came up, they said, no, push it down, because they had already established their belief that they won't win. And if they did win, what do they say? I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so later they'll get a call, and they say, well, we made a mistake, and we need to take the prize back, because you didn't believe it anyway. You know what I mean? They'll carry the thing around, which was supposed to be a blessing, and keep cursing. I don't believe this happens, because this never happens. I never win anything. Okay, there we go. You've established who you are. So, you call your car a piece of junk, or you call yourself, you call your car paid in full. You sweet thing, you yes. paid in full piece of machinery, you good car. You call that car says, oh, I'm supposed to be paid in full, so it starts attracting what it needs. Um, you don't believe me? Okay, I don't mind. <laughs> but I, it's what I do. <laughs> you know? Okay, your thoughts and beliefs produce the energy. Your thoughts and your beliefs. Your thoughts and beliefs are not just, they, they can become the same one, works in you long enough to become the other. Okay? They produce an energy. That's the word people like to use, and, and so I, I'm fine with her using it. Your thoughts and beliefs produce an energy, an atmosphere, a, 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 an expectation, a wave, even, that people can perceive and react to, which is why you'll go up to somebody, and, and it's somebody that's just a narrative well. They just never ever do right, and you know it. Your parents usually recognize those people when they came to the door and said, no, that child's not coming in this house. Right? Why? Because they smell in the spirit. It's a spirit realm. But they, they have a certain smell, a certain look about them. Uh, uh, we, you know, they're shifty eye. Not because, you know, not the squinty eye, but shifty eye. No, you know, because they never look at you. You say, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. It's like, but they never land on you. They skitter all around you. It's like, you bear watching. <laughs> you bear watching, right? Or it's just that what they think. I think that everything that you have, if I want it, I should have it. I think that, that um, I think that it's not fair that you live a life that I should have. I think this is, what do you think bigotry and hatred and all these things come from? It comes from this dissatisfaction. It comes from believing without inspecting, without, um, without truth. These type of things happen, okay? You don't walk in truth, you walk in hearsay. They said it, and that's good enough for you. I hate them because of what they, what you said about them. You don't even know them. You don't even know them. And the person that delivered it was coming from an attitude that their own point of disobedience. Because when you mess up and you had a partner, it's the partner that's the real criminal. 
it's your your relationship broke up all because of that one. Okay? It was the monkey. It was the, the donkey. It was the you know the jerk. It was the jackass. It was it was some something other than, okay? Uh, that's the old the devil made me do it. It wasn't me, it was the devil. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't me, it was some man that came in down the street. It wasn't me. I wasn't I would have done the right thing. I swear I would have done the right thing, but those people that I was with, old, ancient excuse, how do I know? Golden cap comes out. And it's like, where did this come from? Well, uh, well, you know, did you make well the people made me? I just threw it in there and it jumped out. It just came right out of the pipe. I think it's one of the biggest lies I've ever seen. It's one of the and it came from a priest. I know. A priest. A priest. Aaron said that. Aaron said that. Uh, the people, they were upset and they gave me the gold and I threw the gold in the fire and this calf came out. After much craftsmanship, after the melting of the gold, after the putting it in the mold, after putting the mold in the fire, yeah, then the calf came out. Dude, you had to go through some stuff to get that to happen. That was not. Otherwise, they would all buy it. was a miracle. We're so astonished. I don't even know. No, you lied. You straight up lied. Do you see what I mean? It's like, no. So you make excuses for things. Thoughts and beliefs produce an energy that people can view and liar. You're never going to tell the truth. Every time I come up, you always got an excuse. You never take responsibility for anything. You're always saying what somebody else says. It's like, I can't believe they think that about me. Or whatever it happens to be. See? Because you're always thinking that way. You're always thinking about the negative. You're always thinking about what, what's not fair. You're always thinking about how badly you're used. You're always thinking about how people are always taking from you. You're always thinking about you're the victim. You're always the victim, but nobody cares how you feel. All of that kind of stuff produces an energy that people can perceive and react to. They see you and they say, ooh, I need to go over here. That kind of thing. Are you seeing it? Mm -hmm. And you've, if either you've been that person or you've been around people of that sort and you wonder, I don't know why I don't like to be around them. This is probably why. And so it's the thing that you can take back to God and start praying about, but you can also look at where am I leaking? Because this, son, I guarantee you, you want, to, you want to know how you know? Because somebody will tell you what you've done, tell you about it, and you go, no, no, that's not me, I don't do that. And then the next time we see you, you have a complaint. What is the complaint? Somebody else has said the same thing about you that you have said about others. Whatever you've been leaking, it's going to be told. It's going to be told. You got it? It's going to be told on a small scale or a large scale. What you want to do is end the storyline and say, okay, this is an unsubmitted area of my heart, of my emotions, of my thinking, of my words. This is an unsubmitted area. This is an area where I am in charge and God is not. So going back over, now you're going to connect that to uh, the scripture that we read out of Hebrews, and you're realizing, wait a minute, this is not something that's going to be strengthened by God. This is not something that's going to be completed or perfected by God. This is not something that God is going to be able to use to make me what I ought to be and to equip me with everything good, because this is not good equipment. This is not him. All right? So moving on. Um, another one that, that she said, and I'm just kind of skipping through these slides here, uh, he says, God is not limited to the things that you and I see. There is an infinite supply of substance waiting to be manifest according to your beliefs and words. And we just touched on that. You live in a seen realm. 
But everything that you're really supposed to bring into the earth, everything God wants to manifest through you, pointing back over there to Hebrews, is in the unseen realm. What you could get on your own is not that of, of, of a great whoop to do with God, okay? Because anybody could do that. God didn't put us in the earth to do what anybody could do. He put us in the earth, in the earth to see what he can do. What he can do. So I dare to say we live at a, sub, a standard, substandard level that most of, the most of the time we can be comfortable, and comfortable is great, but it's not. You know, you get satisfied with this and that, and I believe me, I'm not talking about the pursuit of wealth. I'm not talking about the pursuit of, of, of things. I'm talking about the pursuit of the quality of the Spirit of God working through you. It's a higher level. Remember, we talked favor. Favor opens doors that money cannot. Favor does things, and I said it again, because I like it, Holy Spirit is when I say, favor is, favor is an ambassador of heaven. It goes before us, opening doors, causing carpets to be laid out, and, and people to give. This is what worked. We saw favor working in the book of Exodus when they were told, go to the neighbors and get the stuff. Favor went before them. Favor went before them and encouraged them and set up an atmosphere where the people, when they looked at them, they loved them and they felt, you know what, whatever you need, I will give it to you. I don't even know why I'm doing it, but for whatever reason, it just feels right to me. I've got to help you in doing this. Too often we go demanding when we should be releasing favor on our behalf instead of all of this other stuff we hurl. When's the last time you called for a favor? I know today, sometimes today will be the first time in a long time, but do you see what I mean? You're getting, trying to get stuff through, a, uh, some stuff you try to get through fasting and prayer, and favor is the better way. It's good to fast, it's good to pray, but sometimes favor is what is necessary. And if you're saying to the Lord, what's the good work that you want to release here? What is it that I should be looking for? Look for the favor of God and start walking in it continually. Not just, I remember about five years ago, the favor of God worked in my life. Oh, it was a good day. It's a good day. In fact, it lasted a whole month. It was great. It was great. Well, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? Seriously. I was walking in great faith and then, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I do. You got struck. You got distracted. You took it ectopically on the outside. It wasn't something that you took on the inside to say this is a part of what I'm like forever. You know, certain things we do, you do it. I, you, some people quit smoking temporarily. Some do it for life. So they do it because they're trying to break an outside habit. Others destroy the inward craving. The destruction of the inward craving or the inward, uh, the, the thing, the inward working, the, the, the want to, the, the have to, the need to, when you start submitting those things to the will of God, then that thing diminishes. It ceases and desists to become bigger than you. And it becomes, because that's how you see it. And you, as you start thinking and meditating on what God said, you start seeing these things at the size that they really are. And you realize, no, I actually have authority over this. I was put here to overcome this habit. And so I'm just going to do it now. 
This is where something like Matthew 4 comes in where Jesus said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So whatever kind of bread it is that you want to present before me that didn't come from heaven's bakery, I don't live off of this, okay? My physical food may be, this may be a portion of my physical, but this is not my whole life. You're not going to oh my goodness, would you want to spend your entire life sitting at a table eating? The truth is no, because you can get to a point with physical food that it's, I don't want anything else. I'm so full. It's revolting to me, right? So you would hate the fact that God would put you at a, 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 a man-made table, an earthly table. I don't care what it's filled with. There just comes a moment. I don't even want I don't want to eat another anything. I don't want to, not another, not, no, nothing. Why? Because your body cannot take it. But what your body can take is more of the word of God. Our lives have this, capacity, this ability to enlarge. We can enlarge our capacity for the things of God. But what we have done and how come we have it is because we believe the rhetoric that God is actually boring. We've believed religion that says that relationship with God is a bunch of do's and don'ts and, and duties and so forth and so on, when what it actually is is a relationship where you get to talk to him and he talks to you, where you can walk with him and he'll speak in your ear, where you can rest. And I mean, it, it, there's so much more to this life that we have. It was meant to be a pleasure. You know, when Adam lost, when they lost that connection and they went and hid themselves, I've heard stories, uh, the Hebrew stories, that they would say that the descendants of Adam did not mention the garden in his hearing because he, he was I don't know if this is true but I can relate to the understanding of it it was like the rest of his life Adam was the only person other than his wife that knew what they were missing all those years we all these years of humanity we discover when we find out about Jesus we discover what we're missing Adam, this first Adam had it and lost it, and for the rest of his 900-something years, he lived in a state of knowing what he no longer had access to. Now, that is a miserable existence. Can you imagine? Me neither, but we <laughs> but, but yet again, I know because of the discovery of what it is that I never knew I had. And the discovery of what we have in God to walk with him in the cool of the day and to have him ever abiding, this is Shema, the ever abiding, overflowing presence of God. And to have that with what we have now and yet we throw it away for what? Oh, I don't think the Lord is pleased with me. And all this other stuff is like, take off your own shoe and hit yourself. Right. You know? Because we, we don't have to live a moment of this time that we have regretting something that we've lost. God even provided the way of escape through redemption and the forgiveness of sin. 
for us to get back what we threw away. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You see that? 900 plus years. I don't know how old he was. I don't know when they started counting his age. I think it's in there, but I don't know it off the top of my head. But here's what I do know. He knew what he missed. He could look at everybody else doing their sin. He could look at the evil stuff. He could look at what this one was doing. He could look at this, all of the, the generations that came before he was laid to rest. He could see his descendants. He could see them stumbling here and bumbling here and fumbling here. He could see them walking in sin. He could see all the different things that transpired. And he knew you really weren't meant to live this way. He knew what Eden looked like. The rest of them did not. He knew what it was to eat from trees. He knew what it was not to age. He knew what it was to have his every need supplied. He knew what it was to be intimate with the Father. They didn't know that. But some of his descendants said, I'm going to find out and do my best. I'm going to go after it. Enoch, I think, was most after his heart. You know, because like I've heard the stories and I'm going to go after God until I'm no more. And he did. And what was it like for God to know that there was somebody in the earth that wanted him so much that they would put aside pursuit of everything else for him? Small wonder Jesus asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Okay. Any comments or questions? I'm going to keep going, but and I'm going to let y'all sit on that one for a while, and I'll come back to that. Okay? Not right now. I'm going to just let you sit on that for a while, and I'm going to come back. Do you want, here's what she said again, God is not limited to the things that you and I see. Adam knew that. Jesus knew that. Jesus knows that. And the knowledge of that is in us, but the belief of it is not necessarily at work. Oh, no, I know this. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say you know that God is not limited to the things that you and I see. Now comes the engagement. You say you know. Mm -hmm. I do. Now, <laughs> I don't care if that's something that you, you say that you're doing right now. Are you pleased with the results that you have thus far? Or are you willing to be taught tonight? Yes. Well, let me be taught. No, because sometimes I'll say this stuff and people go, oh, yes, this is what the Lord is saying. And I'm just thinking, the Lord is saying, no, I, when did they get that from me? Because we have a concept, but the reality of it, and obviously even as I'm teaching this, I am not coming from a place to say, listen, dudes, I know what I'm talking about because, because as it happens, it's so, it's like that my thoughts and my beliefs will produce the energy that you can perceive and react to. This concept, this, this moving past, the concept alone that God is not limited to the things that I see, but I live in that unlimited place because I see it the way he sees it. So they tell me this is so. And how do I know I don't do that? 
to the degree that he's calling for because I get tired. I hear something and I just put my face on the floor and just go, oh, I'm just tired. I don't even want to think about it anymore. I don't want to do this. Oh, God. Why? Because you think we just prayed for 12 years <laughs> and this is it. And yet, I know just by little reports of things that I'm hearing from here and there that what we've been praying and we're still pressing all over this earth, the people of God, that the chatter, the language, the conversation has shifted. And the greater conversation is coming from us, which is why we don't say what the world says. We say what God says. So that the weight of his glory, it weighs in the spirit realm, and it changes the atmosphere because they come in and it's an easy atmosphere to speak in because words from heaven are permeating the earth. Understand? Even if you don't trust it, trust him. He knows what he's doing. Sure Even does. when you look at it and go, are you sure? Don't ever ask God, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know if you get to step back three steps. <laughs> lose your get out of jail go card or whatever it is. I don't think that's what happens, but you sure are wasting time. Wasting this commodity, this precious commodity that we have. So the question she asks is, do you want to reinforce that which exists or do you want to change it? Do you want to reinforce the things that are currently seen? Reinforce means I'll back it up with my words. I'll back it up with my actions. I'll back it up with my money, honey. I'll back up the failures and the lies and the this. I'll back it up with my actions. I'll do everything that the, that, the, that the camp of darkness is telling me to do. I will reinforce the works of darkness. Or do you want to change it? You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to change it. No. <clears throat> And he's going to tell us how. Right? So those are the workings of faith. And I love those. I can, this is a decision that you're making. I can reinforce that which exists, or I can change it. Let's go back over there again to Hebrews chapter 13. And let's look at verse 21 again. He is going to strengthen, complete, perfect, and make me what I ought to be. A changer of atmosphere. A life change a change agent I come in to change from destruction and sadness and sorrow and grief to change it to a place of faith and hope and love we're not here we don't come into anything for a religious purpose we come for the same purpose Jesus did I come to set you free even from the things that you don't know that you are bound by. I come to give you liberty in your ability to think a real truth instead of somebody else's warned over lie. And I come to give you the idea of possibilities that can happen, things that you are actually able to bring forth without it costing you yourself. So that's why we're here, so that God can express his pleasure. 
He wants to accomplish that which is pleasing in his sight. He's looking at all of our precious little cute faces and lives, and he's like, no, that's not it. That's not it. It's like the first time your baby makes you a mud pie and wants you to eat it, and you go, mm -hmm. okay, do you want candy? Because <laughs> I'm not eating this. <laughs> I'm so glad you're showing creativity, but this is not at the level at which mommy wants you or daddy wants you to stay. We want to raise you to a level where you create such excellence with your hand that others want to eat from that table as well. Okay. All right. So now, Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. The Bible says, He answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Now, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This is what I'm saying to you. I was on a call today, and they were talking about mountains, um, mountains of society and, and things of that sort. And sometimes there's a debate between are there mountains or are there kingdoms of society. I was driving down the freeway today, and I heard the Lord say very nicely, you know they both exist, right? You're looking at mountains as you drive, and there are kingdoms. They both exist. Mountains, obstacles. Jesus talks about mountains. Zerubbabel, God talks to Zerubbabel about mountains. He says, you talk to the mountains and say, what are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, before one of mine, you're going to become a plain. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. Before Zerubbabel, you're going to become a plain. Before one of mine, you're, you're not going to be what, what it is. And let's look at, let me, let me look at this in, in another place. Um, not Zeph, Zech. <laughs> okay. So again, he said, this, it was the name that I was really interested in. See, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. It means he was sown in Babylon. This was a seed. He's the grandson of one of the kings and the leader of the first group of returning exiles from Babylon. So he was in an atmosphere that was absolutely godless. But he, but except for within the culture that he came from, where they stayed true, even in Babylon. We know this because we read about Daniel and, and the others and, and so forth, that there was a group they stayed. And these exiles coming in Zerubbabel or Zerubbabel, Babel. So descended from Babylon, he was born there, but he was an Israelite. So there was still a separation. You can be in a atmosphere and not be of it. In the world, but not of the world. Zerubbabel, Babel, was born in a atmosphere of godlessness, but he was not of. That. Was he contaminated by it? Probably, but not to the degree that he would give up the God of his fathers. Okay. And so what is it God saying to him? He says, who are you? I'm going to speak to this mountain, and I'm going to ask it a question. I'm going to ask this mountain, who are you before one of mine? You see, you go into a mountain. To flatten it from everything that it's been. 
to establish the kingdom of God in that place. Mm. Glory to God. You can read it in Jeremiah 1. When I was on this call today, and they were talking about different things, and I don't know how they did it because I had to go. But I was listening to the Holy Spirit, and it was like he was saying, you know, I told Jeremiah, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go in. You're going to root them stuff, stuff up. You're going to do this. You're going to pull up. You're going to cast this down. You're going to destroy. Oh, you're going to do all those things. That's the destruction of the mountain. Then you're going to build a plant. That's the establishing of the kingdom. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I just, I look at that. He says, mountain. You're going to become a plane, see? You're going, to, you're going to be flattened out. You're going to lose your puppy. Because he shall bring forth the headstone thereof. With shoutings, crying grace to it. He's going to use my words. Because when he shouts grace, he's calling me. Here's another commodity. Here's another treasure from heaven. Grace. Grace is also person, the person of God. And he's going to put me in the midst of it. I am going to be the one there. I am going to be the one that uh, when you say, who are you? See, I'm telling the mountain, the mountain, this thing that is this boundary, this thing that has just said, no, this is, you're limited. You can't get around me. You have to climb to get over me. You have to tunnel to get through me, or you're going to have to walk to get around me. He said, no, I'm going to speak to you. And I'm going to change your frequency. That's exactly what happened. Grace is a power frequency from heaven. And when you shout grace to it, grace is going to do what grace does. So he said, this is what you're going to do. You're going, and what is it going to happen? Well, it's going to become a plane. How do I know? Because that's what it says right here. He says, he's going to bring you forth. He's going to say this to you. What is grace? Beauty. Compassion. He said, it's the favor. See, because grace and favor do derive from the same root. You're going to cause favor to come. You're going to change the atmosphere. You're going to make, take what was an obstacle for people and make it a place where it's heaven on earth. That's what you're going to do. That's what he means by taking the mountain. That's what he means by establishing the kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. You see what I mean? This is what you are here for. This is why you have to decide whether you're going to be a kingdom citizen or you're not. Because kingdom citizenry is not lip service, it's word power. And it's a commitment that you stay with, you don't just visit. We don't date the kingdom. We marry. You marry. And one day, you know, when I marry, we, we're dating within the marriage, but we won't be seeing other people. It's a commitment. It's a covenant. It's an agreement. It's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's a, a, a pouring out of life. This is why the covenant of God is so, uh, the covenant between God and Jesus and the pouring out of the blood of Jesus, this is why it is such a powerful thing that we have. We have these treas this treasure. We are covenant carriers. And we carry this treasure in this earthen vessel. We don't really have the, the, the understanding yet of what is in us. I mean, if you think about this, 
If you, since you and I are carriers of the spirit of the living God, we carry all of heaven and its resources on the inside of us. How big is that? I don't know. But it's yet it's compacted into us because it's in a timeless place where we have access to unseen things. You carry the resources of heaven, the forces of heaven on the inside in this, in this person of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everything that he is, we are because of him in us, not because of us separate from him. So whatever you need, we always say, well, it's all in the house. Yes, it is. It really is in the house, but you got to know which house to look in. Oh, man. Are you pulling? You are. Obviously, you're pulling on this because it's coming out, all right? Okay, so the favor of God needs to be released. The grace of God, the, they use the word charm, but it's not charm like blah, 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 blah. That's not what we're talking about. His elegance, his majesty, his power, his presence, his love, his everything. It speaks through his blood, it speaks through his name, yeah. it speaks through his word, yeah. it speaks by his presence. Hallelujah. It's never silent. Hallelujah. It's talking even now. Mm -hmm. You send it to those situations, scenarios. We send it to the physical bodies of the men and women of God that are still shivering and shaking and quaking and feverish and all this other kind of stuff. That the same word that rebuked the fever of Peter's mother-in-law that that same word is still in the earth and it finds you and it still does the same thing. We speak and release yes, the life-giving yes, force yes, of the word of God into your physical bodies. Those of you that are watching us, those of you that are connected to us, we decree by the word of God. We don't decree on our own what he said about your wholeness, what he said about your destiny, what he said about your life and future. We release that into you now in the name of Jesus. We presume nothing but we take hold of this treasure on the inside of us and open up the treasure box, our mouths, to release what the Father has said about you, what the blood of Jesus testifies to, and the work that has already been done even before Calvary. You don't have to be saved to be healed. You don't have to be saved to be healed, to be restored, to be, to be brought forth. But then comes the offer to come into the kingdom of God, not just to be born again, but to come under the ownership of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he can speak for you, work for you, work through you, and turn your life around. And we release that into you now. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So this is what he says. Who are you before Diana? Who are you before Nicole? Who are you before Rodney or Christina or Isabella or any other person? Who are you? Obstacle, debt, poverty, lack, sickness, disease. Who are you? When the God on the inside of these people shows up, where is your power then? Where's your ability to withstand and to stand in the way and to block us? Where is it? When they speak grace, they call me. Isn't that awesome? Grace, yes. And that's what it says. That's what I'm looking at. Okay, that's Zechariah 4. Not by might. That's what he said. It's not by your little fisties. 
It's not by your little ammunition, mm -hmm. nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So this is all about vision. All of this, when we've been talking about, is vision. God gives you a picture. God gives you an idea. This is what we talked about a little bit last night. And the Jeremiah 29, 11 lines up with everything we're saying. God said, I know the plans. I know what. Think about it this way. How about if God was saying to you, you know, I know what pleases me about your life. I know exactly what, have anybody ever planned a, a party or something for a child? You planned, um, you planned to do something really, you know, you had a surprise for them. So you, you thought about the things that they liked and you thought about what you wanted them to have and you're thinking, wow, you're at the age now where I can give you this. I remember, you know, like getting my first car and a couple other things. I got a lot of stuff, yeah. I was a princess. A dumb one, but I was still one. Okay. But, um, you know how you think, wow, this would be great. I'm going to do this for them. And all they're thinking about is it would be nice to have ice cream. <laughs> you know, yeah, it would be great. We could, do, we could just have some ice cream. I, I sure would be happy, right? And you're thinking not just ice cream, but you get this, you get a party, you get a pony, you get a bouncy castle, you get, I mean, you're going to have a pool. All your best friends are coming, your cousins are coming, and it's going to be a whole week's worth of party, and you get videos, and you get this, and you get this. And you were just thinking, and maybe I could get a toy car. Right? But the plan they have, your parent has, or whoever this person has for you is bigger than what, I mean, it's everything you ever wanted all wrapped up in them. And this is what they plan to release to you. I know what I want to do for you. That's what he said. I know what I want to do for you. And what I want to do for you far surpasses the things that you're trying to do for yourself. So why don't you let me do it? You know? In, in the message, he says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. And plans to give you the future you hope for. I want to give you the hope for the future, and then I want to fulfill that, that hope. I mean, he, he just does it from start to finish. He's the A to Z, the Alpha Omega, and everything in between. Well, I'm just going to just, if God, if you just give me this, I'll just cross my fingers. and Y'all just pray, just pray, just pray. He's like, no, no, really no. I'm not sure what you want me to pray for. You know, well, I want you to pray that God will let this thing come through. Did you ask him if this is what he had? Well, no. But I know that it's got to be because nothing else is on the horizon. Okay. Then go back to him and ask him what's the assignment. Mm. Mm. Because when it's an assignment, it means it's a seed. It's something that you get to sow seeds into. So that he can give you a greater harvest. Mm -hmm. Every assignment is a mission. Hey, Blues Brothers, Jake and Elmo did not get this first, or Elroy, whatever the name is. I want a mission from God. Because God's got a plan. And it's a plan to bring everybody out. And sometimes it's a plan that just leads me to one person. You may be going on a job, you're going on this work assignment. And you're going in there and you're thinking, wow, this is beneath my business and all the things you think about yourself because you think so highly. If it's not beneath God, why is it beneath you? If it wasn't beneath God to send you, then why is it beneath you to do it? That's arrogance. 
If it wasn't above God to send you, then why? <laughs> why do you keep putting you in the mix? <laughs> why do you keep putting, seriously, think about what? Ask yourself, why do you keep putting you in the mix? Why don't you just do what he said? Okay, we'll move on. So vision is the picture or idea that God shows us. And he wants to develop the picture. Okay, last time we talked about this. Develop the picture that he that he shows you. Pray into it until it's formed within you. I'm going to stop here, Don. I will give you time for a few questions, but I'm, I'm wanting to end a little earlier. And I do want to tell you about my guest next week, because I have a guest coming next uh, Wednesday. So keep your questions, please, to this, if you have them. Not, I don't want to go anywhere else. I just want to stay with this, and then we can push into it. Come on, you got to do quick, guys. Ladies, you got, you got a question for me? Oh. You said that we can enlarge our capacity to. Um, go ahead and wait for the mic, honey. Huh? Wait for the mic so that everybody can hear you. You said. You said? Yeah, I think that's working. <laughs> <laughs> you said that uh, we can enlarge our capacity for the Word of God, and also somewhere in there, uh, you said that if we had a lot of food before. You said that if we had a, like, a lot of food before us, so we wouldn't want to. We've all been to that place where we're just like, you know what, I'm done eating. So, right there, to, to me, it sounds like you're talking about appetites and hunger. So, and then you talked about the dismantling of the desire of certain things. So, I know that might be a little different in terms of comment question, but maybe you can answer it later or another um, time. We'll okay, just, let's start with one part. I talked about enlarging the capacity, okay? And I also talked about sitting there at that table where you've eaten everything and you, you can't stand to eat anymore. But you got two options with that table. Okay, one, you could be one of the greedy little folks that sits there until your little stomach goes down a little bit and keep eating. Two, the table is big enough, you've got such an abundance of food, you can start feeding others. Enlarging your capacity, part of that is ceasing and desisting to always think about it only being you. So if you're sitting at a table and you've got so much food that you've eaten everything that you can't eat anymore, why don't you start looking around to see who needs to eat? And you want wanting to feed them from the table. Now, using that as the analogy, because he lays out the table for us in the presence of our enemies, and our cup runs over. So we have that we're in that abundant place. I can enlarge my capacity for His Word by allowing His Word to start compacting in me. It starts to fill the places on the inside of me where the things of the world have been work. Because you see, as soon as the Word of God takes occupation, it starts moving things out. Well, because the kingdom is all about expansion, the word will make room for more of its own. That's how you enlarge your capacity. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And as it does, it, it richly means an enlargement and expansion and more and more. So the way we enlarge our capacity or increase our capacity for the Word of God is by letting the Word in. One scripture will begin to make room for the second and the third and so forth. The Word, because it's the words of the kingdom, the kingdom will start to expand because it's all about occupation. 
and the word comes to occupy. Okay? That's straight from the press, baby girl. I already know this. I'm listening, as we say. So I, I, I have to say things like that because I like to say things like that because I'm really, I love the fact that we ask him to have this conversation with us. That's why we named this program what we did. And he talks. Now, the second part of your question was, like, like the dismantling of uh, appetites. The dismantling of appetites. The, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Job made a, a, a statement. He said, your word, I have treasured. I have treasured your words in my heart so that I may not, I, I have an esteem, a treasure and esteem your words as being greater than my necessary food. So change of perspective starts to dismantle those things that you're starving darkness. You're, star you're starving those things that needed your attention, demonic things that wanted your worship so that they could increase in power on the inside of you. But when you start shifting over and looking at what God is saying and doing what God is doing, then they start drying up and starting to get crumbled, dismantled, swept out because this, the occupier, the one that lives on the inside of you, the Spirit of God. He's like, get this debris out of here. So the Word dismantles and deconstructs the works of darkness. It does everything because Jesus said, my Father in me, he does the work. And his Word, he says, I hasten over. I make my Word work for me. So again, letting that Word, when you let the Word of God live in you, you are that you're abiding in the presence of him because he is his word. And his word starts to talk to you. It's not that you have to have this heavenly encounter where you um, see God and you see angels and you see this. If you do, that's really great. But you can start to see the word of God itself taking, uh, uh, creating a picture on the inside of you. And when it does that, that is God himself talking to you. It's not a one-dimensional experience. It's a God experience. It'll go wherever he wants to take it. And he likes to take it to some fun places. Does that help? Yes. All right, well, we are done. I have a lot more I want to say. Oh, boy, do I ever. And I love what we've done tonight so far. I'm actually going to have to, I have to take notes. <laughs> Can we? Thank him for this. Yes. I mean, this is, to me, this is like, wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. And I pray that each of us takes this and does something with it. You just got, you lady in pink, you just got a God idea, God vision last night when, when the apostolic prayer went out. And she got a picture, which we're not going to go into. Work these steps, you know. Do the work. Let this, let this do, do the business of the kingdom and allow the word of God to grow in you so that he can branch this thing out and do what this thing does. Because I believe that within just a very short period of time, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. And there'll be pudding for everybody. She'll serve it up. Because God gave her an amazing idea while the prayer. Because she, and, she said, and so as you hear those things, as you hear something and it sparks you, it's like, I've got to scurry into my closet and go talk to the Holy Spirit or chart it out, draw it out, whatever it is you have to do, then just go back to him. And it's like, you know, sit with your little backpack and your little socks and shoes and 
shorts, little t-shirt from school and camp on the floor with your little cross and say, okay, I'm here to move. Just do it. Have some fun with him. I think that's a cute picture. So, um, you know, but whatever it happens to be, okay? And if we're going to leave it at that, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings, et cetera, the giftings. You can't, um, we're having issues with our, um, we're not having issues. We did not use the PowerPoint tonight. That thing is healed in the name of Jesus. So, uh, but I'm sure that it has probably been populated on the site, what you need to do. You can go to www.astoundinglove.org slash, what is it? <laughs> offerings. <laughs> offerings of the Stanley Love. Donations. They'll tell you what to do. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking off the top of my head. Don't trust that. See, you got to come from spirit. This has been a spirit-to-spirit conversation. There's not a been a, this, this has not a been. This is not a been. This is not a been. You've got it. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, it's fine. Walk in front of the camera. I'm going to put my name in Just walk in front of you. Yeah, let him see you. Here's a lady in the pink. Okay. Uh, anyway, they're giving you all of that. And uh, you're invited, of course, on Sunday to Biblical Solutions for Life, which starts at 1045 a.m. Next Wednesday, I have a special guest coming. Um, we're going to be welcoming Pastor Mike Rodriguez of Golden Altars. He's, uh, which is known uh, by Apostle Cal Cook. And so, um, Pastor Mike is really a very interesting person. Um, he, he's, he's come and he's helped us to do things with our equipment and, and things of that sort. He's very generous and he's really funny. I think he's funny. And he's become a friend of our house. So, we're going to get a chance to get to know him a little bit better. And so, you all are. Uh, the Holy Spirit has given us an assignment of some things we're going to talk about, so it will be a lot more Q&A. We're going to change the set and look forward to some really big changes that are taking place with us very soon. Okay? So now this is handed over into the hands. See, I'll step center stage. Just go ahead and get in front of me. Into the hands of the ministers. I'm serious. Get in front of me. Go on. Just cheese them. Go. Pretty good. Praise you, Lord. Let's pray only that often gets a lot of knowledge. Father, we worship you. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word tonight, Father. Yes. That is truly blessed, Father. That is truly filled our hearts, Father. Filled our hearts, Father God, and our spirit with your love. And thank you, Father, for the deliverance that comes with your anointing. <laughs> thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to give into this house, Father into this work, Father God. We thank you that there's more than enough to do what you call us to do in this place, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for the love that you poured out toward us tonight, upon us tonight. We receive it, Father. We receive it all, Father. We thank you. We bless our apostle of the house tonight, Father. We thank you that she is healed by the blood of Jesus, Father. We thank you by the stripes of Jesus, by the mercies of God, by the power of God. She healed, saved, healed, and delivered. She says it all the time herself, and we agree. She is saved, healed, and delivered in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the manifestation of it today, now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to say goodbye, and then the minister is going to dismiss us. So thank you all for joining us and so forth. And hand it over to her, please, sir. And she'll go ahead and dismiss us.
Father, we thank you and we praise you for this night. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Yes. We give you the praise. Yes. We seal yes. each and every person here with the blood of Jesus. We send you out with joy so that when you return, you come back in full. In Jesus' name, have a wonderful evening. God bless. Amen. Amen.